0: You're listening to What the Dev, the weekly podcast of SD Times. And now, here's Jacob Lukowitz, online and social media editor at ST Times.
1: Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast episode. Today's leading tech companies believe that controlling the doors into the metaverse and virtual reality could be the centerpiece of a new business. We'll be talking about how VR can help power this revolution and how will it work. With me today is Dijam Panigrahi, co-founder and COO of Grid Roster Inc. Welcome to the show and thanks for coming on.
0: Thanks, Jacob. Um, Really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, happy to talk about some of the things that we're working on.
1: Great, great. So to start off, there have been some upticks and downturns when it came to VR adoption in previous years. Do you feel like now is the time that we'll see vast consumer use and enterprise use now that the big players are going all in?
0: Well, absolutely. I mean, we 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 have been in this journey for the last six years. So we have seen the ups and downs of the whole industry as such. But we, right from the beginning, we have been a pretty firm believer what the potential of this uh, medium is, the immersive medium, whether you call it AR, VR, or XR. Um, uh, w- w- um, One of the things that um, this technology has always kind of shown uh, is some um, immense uh, results, like particularly, um, particularly when it comes to uh, training or remote maintenance, and uh, you know um, many of the many of the use cases um, on the enterprise side um, around collaboration. Uh, what, what in the on the early part that we saw was um, you know enterprises did try to kind of uh, dabble with the, all this kind of use cases and some of the early adopters particularly in aerospace defense and automotive so show so, uh, seen some like immense results uh, mm-hmm. but what has happened was. Uh, you know, uh, the, the relevance was there, but it kind of lacked a little bit of an urgency, which the, the pandemic kind of provided that urgency. And now we see a lot of companies who were earlier kind of looking at uh, AR, VR as another emerging technology now are actually um, use, uh, beginning to kind of put it as a part of the strategic plan. Uh, to kind of leverage its capability parts of as a part of a digital transformation um, efforts and uh, and increasingly all, all these companies are also um, allocating uh, right kind of resources to make that transition happen. So uh, yeah, it's been exciting times overall. Um, and mm-hmm. with the with the onset of metaverse, um, you know it's it just kind of talks about how the convergence, of the physical and, and, and the, the virtual world going to unlock like um, immense opportunities and immense um, uh, value. And that's what mm-hmm. uh, we, we are kind of tracing and that's what we are seeing in the industry right now.
1: Great. Yeah, it seems like before people would always automatically link VR to gaming. Are you see that there are more broad applications for use of it uh, perhaps in the enterprise?
0: Yeah, gaming has always been the big child, and you ask us like, I mean, that's the path we also <laughs> kind of mm-hmm. took at the at the beginning. But we slowly realized that, uh, in order for gaming to be uh, enabled, and particularly or any consumer use cases for that matter, I mean, there are a lot of variables, a lot of components that was has to kind of fall in place, right? Mm-hmm. For example, um, first and foremost, I mean, the 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 devices themselves become usable and. Come at a price point where, um, you know. The, the the consumer can um, adopt it and be comfortable kind of wearing a VR device or an AR device uh, that 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 w- that would have kind of taken some time and that's what has kind of happened and also in order to in a, in a gaming kind of scenario you're trying to you know, provide uh, uh, that experiences across uh, different location particularly in a multiplayer kind of a uh, scenario and trying to address the latency requirements of uh, um, AR and VR uh, it it was a it was a what i say a difficult proposition with what mm-hmm. the current infrastructure is uh, so there is an infrastructure um, thing that was sup- supposed to get in kind of place before all that potential unlocks and obviously uh, one of the critical component is having the right kind of content so the the end user can uh, consume right so all those variables um, um, needed some time to kind of mature Uh, But the good thing in enterprise scenarios, all this, what I was talking about, whether it's a content, whether the adoption is done by the end user or the infrastructure being um, available, since enterprise is a much more controlled environment, where the end user has to kind of use a, um, a particular technology because the job kind of demands it and it provides the value uh, in, a, in a company context and, uh, and already like all these large uh, entities particularly in, in, the, in the industrial uh, enterprises uh, they already had pretty large um, rich pool of content in terms of the CAD models and some of the digital twins they already had and the infrastructure was much more control so we uh-huh. could see that uh, the technology was able to kind of quickly you know, be uh, in place in the enterprise domain and was able to kind of provide the kind of the rois which then kind of um, made uh, become the basis for um, the the transition that we are beginning to see now um, mm-hmm. Just to kind of cite an example, like we work with one of the largest aerospace and uh, defense company in the US, um, they were able to kind of reduce uh, the, the, the touch labor involved in assembly of an uh, spacecraft um, by almost 85%, which is like unheard of. Like, I mean, those kinds of is now uh, beginning to see that this uh, technology gets deployed in a much larger scale. And that's the transition that's beginning to happen now.
1: Are you seeing that developers are having a hard time developing for all the different hardwares that are out there, or are you seeing some consolidation, um, whether what you know VR frameworks to use within the enterprise?
0: Yeah, I would say yes. Um, um, broadly, I mean, uh, the most of the customers that we work with. Um, They either uh, use an Oculus Quest um, or or an um, HTC Vive and Mm -hmm. I got to say that I mean um, Oculus Quest have done a phenomenal job Um, uh, and the uptake there even on the enterprise side is huge. Um, When it comes to mixed reality right now, it it seems like there's a single consensus. (laughs) There's a consensus across the enterprise, the, the single The single device that everybody uses is Microsoft HoloLens, but uh, we we are beginning to see other players like uh, Bio and others kind of coming into the fray and making their presence felt. Um, and also on on the consumer side, you know, the, uh, some of the device makers have taken a different uh, approach. For for example, Nreal, um, they, they are taking a little different approach. They're trying to um, come ensure that the, the the devices are lighter, and um, they figure out where the compute is by either it's uh, uh, you know connected to a uh, mobile device or it is connected to a a, a compute uh, which is maybe in your pocket. Uh, but they want to ensure that on the consumer side it is as comfortable as possible um, so yeah I mean um, we are seeing some changes but by far like on the VR you have Oculus Quest which leads the way and on on mixed reality you have HoloLens 2 which is leads the way.
1: Great and are you seeing that the big tech companies that are sort of laying this VR framework for the future are they really pushing towards making it easier for developers to develop applications for those VR headsets?
0: Yes, we do. Um, of course, I think. I think what, what has happened is um, as the ecosystem kind of begins to grow, uh, and uh, players like uh, you know Facebook uh, with their the Oculus Quest or Micro, Microsoft with their uh, uh, Microsoft Hololens. They they are uh, beginning to open up uh, some of those uh, frameworks so that the developers can easily kind of create content on top of it. Uh, we are also seeing a concerted effort on part of uh, you know, our Facebook to um, um, you know include that whole um, um, the ecosystem in terms of the content developers, the partners, the, the software providers, and all. Uh, so that's that's a pretty encouraging sign that that we see, um, and also on the no, on on uh, on the the mixed reality front, Hololens they they basically um, um, laid out a frame framework called mixed reality toolkit, which is an open framework which basically allows any developer and third party content provider to um, build content on, on top of it and be able to provide use that framework to kind of provide different services to you know different uh, industries. So those those are encouraging mm-hmm. signs that we see and. Also, there is a a movement that is happening on the OpenXR front. The the, the Chronoscope, they are trying to define certain standards that could be kind of used um, um, across um, AR and VR. Um, uh um, e- ecosystem uh, we we also see like some of the players like nvidia they recently kind of announced their omniverse and before that they announced their cloud xr uh which is again i mean um intended for the develop developer community and the content creators to be able to easily create applications and the content on top of that framework. And basically, a lot of that backend infrastructure is taken care of by this large entity. So, yeah, overall, it's a pretty exciting time for the overall ecosystem and uh, the large player beginning to kind of open up some of those wall gardens and (laughs) allow players in the ecosystem to have their play in it.
1: It seems like a major point of concern for a lot of people in the metaverse. Is uh, the security and the governance aspect of it very fleshed out right now? Or are we sort of at the early frontier of that?
0: Yeah, I, yes, I think a lot of those things are getting defined, uh, you know, you know it, this is the first time where um, we are seeing um, 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 possibly like the, the, the cameras capturing everything around you like in a 3D environment. Um, also your behavior what 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 you do in the virtual world in a metaverse you know mm-hmm. that, there are a lot, a lot of ethics and um you know morals and all those things still needs to be kind of defined uh, there And also from a security angle, how that data is getting stored, who uses it, who has the control over it. I mean, all those pieces are also still kind of getting defined. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, As you know, the, the latest move towards the metaverse, which is more designed to be more decentralized, um, and uh, uh, one of the critical components that is going to be the part of Metaverse is that whole uh, blockchain uh, technology, mm-hmm. right? Uh, you know, they're, they're, they're utilizing and, um, and a lot of companies are um, kind of figuring out ways how to use a blockchain and, and similar technology to ensure um, uh, the, the privacy of the data, the security of the data. So, yeah, I think it's still a domain I think is in flux. We'll see more and more, you know, certain standards and some certain agreements being kind of uh, put in place. But uh, I would say it's still early days. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm.
1: Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about what Grid Roster does in the VR space? Well,
0: absolutely. I mean, yeah. uh, uh, at Grid Roster, what we essentially are doing is we are trying to bring the capability of the cloud to kind of provide the best experience that is possible. In, uh, in virtual reality or augmented reality or mixed reality. Um, uh, so um, what essentially, uh, I mean, a lot of this comes from our background, uh, having worked in the, the mobile and the telecom world, we have seen how the, the whole network, the, the devices and the cloud infrastructure has evolved over the last uh, you know um, 10 to 12 years. And we are kind of utilizing some of the insights that we have from that, uh, that um, advanced, that has happened and basically what we want to ensure that you know your experience you, you could have this immersive experience on even on a low-end device uh, effectively um, uh, the, the, the computing that you see today on, on this bulky devices uh, and um, a lot of this you know uh, is very limited because um, you know there's only so much that you can uh, uh, put in terms of the compute power and the battery on a device uh, which you are kind of we just had over. Own, right. Uh, all that what we are trying to do is um, how can we kind of um, uh, basically offload this uh, compute intensive, a uh, graphic intensive task uh, to a remote server or to the cloud and bring high end immersive experiences to the uh, to 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 our users. That's what we are kind of enabling, and we are taking care of all the technical complexity that involves around the network and kind of distributing this task, uh, ensuring that we create ultra-realistic experiences. We are able to overlay the virtual objects on the physical assets on a very, very um, um, precision, like high precision, like at a millimeter precision, almost like the real and the the virtual becomes indistinguishable. That's our goal. Mm -hmm. Uh, But we are still,
1: uh, the work is still in process. Seems like you guys are working a lot of new, exciting stuff. Is there anything else that you'd like to add for our listeners as a key takeaway when it comes to VR?
0: Yeah, I think one of, one of the things that uh, I would uh, like to talk about is um, you know the the latest move towards the the metaverse, right? AR, VR, I mean, it's one of the critical components. But one of the a key element within the metaverse is also the the AI, the the artificial intelligence aspect. Right which you are, you are going to see that the ai is it's not going to be like something completely different but you will see ai almost in uh, become a property of an application even in like uh, even within an application uh, part of a process right so each mm-hmm. process would have its own um, AI components um, as they kind of deliver different experiences. Um, so this convergence that we are going to see of above, above all these different technologies, right? Um, you know, AR, VR, AI, the cloud infrastructure, and also the evolution that is happening on the 5G side will actually, all this will kind of ensure that we are able to take this immersive experiences um, mainstream uh, and enable use cases, which move beyond maybe the use cases that we see in the 2D world, but use cases that are only possible in the three-dimensional world. So that's the transition we'll make maybe over the next uh, two, three years. And we are all excited about it.
1: Well, it looks like that's all the time that we have for today's show. And I want to thank you again, DJM, for coming on the show.
0: Uh, thanks Thanks a lot, Jacob.
1: And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. Be sure to check out all of our weekly episodes on your favorite podcast listening platform. Till next time, this has been What the Dev.